Hi, I'm Thomas Cross Hoops, and I'm a seeker of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In my pursuit of truth, truth found me, and now I can't stop following him. Join me and my guests as we pursue truth together. I'm excited. We had our little baby girl, Darla Louise Hoops, uh, almost three weeks ago on Saturday. And this is the first Wednesday that I had, did not put out a new episode of the Seeker of Truth podcast. So here is my first solo rendition. Um, just wanted to share a little bit about what God has been doing in my heart and on my journey. And I am excited. We do have a lot of very amazing uh, people coming on in the next few weeks and months. Um, I'm excited for some of the new guests. They're, they're really awesome. And some of the return guests as well. It's uh, just nice to grow and learn how to produce and edit and put this uh, content out as I um, learn to follow the Holy Spirit and invite guests on and, um, and just give people a place to share about their own journey with the Lord, their journey, um, what God's doing now, what he's taught them, things others can learn from them. It's really just a place to uh, flood the atmosphere with truth. So here goes. Um, this has been an interesting couple weeks. We had our fourth little girl, our third girl, our fourth baby. And honestly, um, for my wife, Tara, it was, it was the, the best birth experience. Um, just no, no, no pain and struggle, uh, came very quickly. She's been having hip pain since baby number two, I believe with the childbirth. And it was just supernatural. God came through and really met us and um you know it was really nice the the midwives were there and i mean the baby came so fast about 11 30 at night you know she she said i, I think we're gonna have a baby in the morning and 1 30 she she's like let's go on a walk so we we decided to go on a walk outside and we walked around the neighborhood people thought we were crazy i'm sure walking around at 1 30 in the morning stopping every few minutes to let her go through her contractions and um, I think two, I think she called the midwives and they got there about 2.18 and we had the baby at 3.59 in the morning. Uh, Tara was able to have the baby in the bathtub upstairs. We remodeled the bath, bath, bathroom last year. So we had a bigger tub and uh, it was more comfortable for her. And then the kids woke up, everybody but, but Aria. So Willem and Zoe got to come meet the baby and help us learn the sex so, so uh, they were the first to see that it was a little girl, and we're blessed to have baby number four, seven and uh, seven on down. So this last couple of weeks has been great. Um, supernatural provision with the Lord. Work has been slow this year, and uh, work's been great. You know, the last two months have been better and financially better. And uh, this week, you know, just got away from me. I had a um, guest that was supposed to come on last week and he got sick. So we were supposed to do it this Wednesday. And I was out of town introducing the baby to my father-in-law. So kind of kind of didn't uh, schedule it. And I guess that happens when you get, get a new, new, new life. Uh, things change. And that's sort of where we're at now. So I did want to put something out this week before we have an awesome guest for next week. And I've just wanted to talk about some of the things the Lord's been doing in my life. Um, 
it's funny because there's a fly flying around my room because we have chickens and it's driving me crazy. I don't know how to kill it. <sighs> Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness. I love how God is faithful and he's faithfully waiting for us to come back to meet him. When we, we you know, when we take some time off, when we, we kind of have that moment where we avoid or we pull ourselves into the cave or life gets too busy, you kind of feel guilty. You feel like you've um, disappointed God or you feel like you've, um, you know, disqualified yourself because you haven't been meeting up to your standards and, and then you come back and you and you look to the gaze of the Lord who is always upon you and you realize that he never turned his face from you and that he's just been waiting for you to come back up and sit in his lap and say here I am you know I want to spend time with you my peace I freely give all you have to do is look and receive and that's sort of what happened to me um Last year was a really great experience going through the Jesus Lab uh, Bible School through the Resting Place Church in Tampa. And it was nice because there was that intentional time, that focus for, um, you know, every week to do the homework, to read a book, to read the Bible, to spend time with the Lord and worship um, during the weekend at church on Sunday. So it gave you that, that, you know, that focus to filter your relationship with God through the curriculum and and everyone that went through my class just had great breakthrough with identity and, and intimacy with the Lord. And that's something I noticed. I, I really did. That was the podcast was birthed out of that uh understanding, just just coming into that that identity that I am who God says I am, that he loves me as I am, and that, you know, everything he's put on my heart, um, I I'm okay to step out and to pursue and do the things, uh, work on the writing, work on um, the podcast, learning social media at 41. I would never have made a reel in my life if I didn't start a podcast. Um, but somehow after I started the podcast and, and was learning to, you know, build this and, and have guests on and produce it and edit it and put material out and le learning from my mistakes in, in March sometime at the beginning, there was a worship night at church and I got baptized again, which is something all of the students from the class did at the beginning of the year, and we were out of town week one. So I didn't get baptized. And even though I went through this course and curriculum and really responded to the Lord in so many areas, I'd break through just a lot of lies and bondage came off of me where I had wrong thinking. Um, during that baptism, it was, it was very supernatural. I was, you know, touched by the Holy Spirit. It was definitely... Um, powerful, but it stirred something up inside of me. In the last few months, I've I've been a little bit ah, you know, getting off of work and you know, being with the kids, watching baseball. But I, I guess I could say the ending of the Jesus Lab and going into just life and getting ready for the baby, I sort of pulled away. I was just kind of like ah, like I felt I felt a little bit like a fish out of water. But not like I used to, not like when I was young and, and, you know, filled with bondage and brokenness where I would get crippled with depression, anxiety, fear. It wasn't like that. The, the consequences were much um, less severe for my body and my mind. It was just 
the lack of that daily intimacy and, and just closeness due to my own self, just sort of pulling away, being a little bit like, ah, what's going on? And um, one of the things that, you know, the Lord's been talking to me about is, is that obedience. And I love how, you know, in, in uh first Samuel 15, 22, it says, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. And something that the Lord told me in the beginning of my Jesus lab, I just very clearly heard him, you know, tell me to, to lay alcohol on the altar and, and to quit drinking. And, and that's something that I've done on and off for years. Uh, alcohol is not something that's going to cripple me. It's not going to put me in the street. It's not going to, you know, make me lose my job. But at the same time, it definitely affected or hindered my relationship with my wife. It hindered my intimacy with the Lord. Um, this isn't for everybody, but this is something that I've known for a long time that I wasn't supposed to be drinking. I shouldn't drink. Um, again, I could go through life, but my my intimacy with both my wife and the Lord is, is obviously um, hurting it when I drink. And so I laid it down and it was easy. It was simple. It was something, it was just gone. I didn't drink at all. And it's funny when I'm not drinking, um, my relationship with Tara is better. My intimacy with Tara is better. Um, a lot of things are better. And I'm more focused on the Lord. I spent more times in the office at night. I was writing. I was reading. I was doing the podcasts, um, you know, working on it. Um, you know, it was great. And after that, um, that time that happened in March, I just noticed, you know, whatever happened and feeling like a fish out of water, yeah, you know, drank a lot more over the last few months. Um, I was eating really clean, doing keto, eating healthy, mainly cutting out bad carbs and sugar. But, you know, March birthdays, just basically the last few months, I, um, I kind of just took a break and, you know, I'm still down weight and, you know, I, I, I'm still living healthier. My last checkup, they were like amazed, 41, my cholesterol's down, my weight's down, my blood pressure's down. Everything was doing great, you know, at the beginning of the year. But um, what I noticed over the last few months was thank God that, you know, the guilt and shame and depression, and anxiety, what wasn't going to come back because I, I didn't give it room to, but that intimacy with my wife and with God was a little more distant. Um, and that verse means something to me. I saw somebody today, you know, shared something that their, their friend had written about obedience. And from their perspective, they were talking about not being hastily obedient. I think they were talking about decision-making, not hastily making, you know, decisions without consulting the Lord and seeking the Lord. And that's exactly what the obedience I'm talking about is. It's, um, it's when the Lord puts something on your heart and you know you're supposed to do it, whether it's invite, you know, your family member that you've been you haven't seen in a long time or you've had a broken relationship or whether it's to buy, you know, coats for the winter to give out to the homeless. I knew someone that did that and they obeyed the Lord and they had a great ministry because of it. Um, whatever it is, there's something that comes from your relationship with the Lord, your intimacy with the Lord, the time you spend with him. When you do hear his voice, you do know there's things that he puts on your heart or that you know you should be doing. And oftentimes we avoid those things. Oftentimes, these are the things that take us to the next level. I remember um, 
being in the Timothy Initiative Bible study on a Tuesday night, and George was speaking, and he was speaking about obedience, and whenever someone's speaking from the front, the Holy Spirit's always talking to me. I'm always making notes from the speaker and notes that he's talking to my heart. And I just remember um, when George was talking about obedience and, and breakthrough and, and stuff, um, it was almost like I realized when you when you obey things, certain things, or you know, you're responding to what the Lord's putting on your heart and you're obeying, you're growing not only in authority, you're growing in um in intimacy in those areas, you're growing in freedom often, because oftentimes the things that the Lord is sharing with our heart and, and we know we're supposed to be doing, it's a maturity, it's a maturing process. When he, when you hear his voice and he's telling you to do something, um Again, it could be anything, and I'm not talking about formulas, and um, I'm not talking about, you know, everybody just doing the same, don't do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. No, I'm talking about specifically for you. The Lord has things that he's calling you to do in your life, and leveling up to the next level of authority, intimacy, freedom, it's going to take a response to the Lord's voice. And for me, when I was obeying, you know, for some reason, I always felt like I had this weird Nazarene call that, you know, like Samson, like I, I needed to lay down some of these things. And it's not a religious thing. It was for me, for my giftings, my um, my calling, my spirituality. I can just tell when, when I would avoid or numb, you know, those areas, um, fill your life with Netflix and TV and just avoidance behaviors. Whenever you have pressure or, you know, things happen in life, you, you tend to pull away. And uh, for me, you know, alcohol just causes me to not focus on the Lord, not listen to the Holy Spirit, just kind of live. And I've lived enough life without the Lord and without the Holy Spirit and without intimacy. So um, I'm excited to continue to grow in peace and love and joy and the, you know, fruits of the Spirit uh, by by obeying the Lord. And this brings me to one of my life verses that the, the Lord taught me about. 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, good Lord, when I was at Singing Waters um, Bible School in Canada, he gave me a progression of Bible verses. And one of them, you know, I, I've shared this a few times, but Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, in the everlasting way. And that, that verse, you know, it meant something to me. I understood the basics of it. Um, the Lord would take me on a progression of other verses, how, you know, how they all fit together. Like uh, you got Jeremiah seventeen nine. the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. So, you know, Jeremiah shows us that, you know, our heart is deceitful. We don't really know what's in it. You know, the heart is basically anytime the Bible talks about the heart, it's your essence, your spirit, your soul, everything kind of combined together as a as a yarn, you know, all, all stuck together. And in Hebrews, it says, For the Lord of the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast for our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And this is all leading up to this idea that when when our heart is is there where we hold on to hurt and unforgiveness and brokenness and trauma we don't know what's in it we don't really understand it we can it can be hidden it can be beyond us and the holy spirit knows what's in our heart the holy spirit knows how to separate the spirit and the soul and the flesh and you know he knows what we all are um first thessalonians 523. Now may God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. All of this is going to this point that as we grow and mature, we are we are going to learn that the Lord wants us to grow and, and go through this glory for, from glory to glory and go through sanctification. It's not that we're, you know, becoming any more holy, as, as Caleb Hires says. We're becoming more aware of Christ's holiness in us. And the reason I brought up Psalms 139 was because when it says, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. That word hurtful, it's actually pain or sorrow or idle. So we, you know, King David's showing us that we are to cry out to God and just come to that place of you know, when we're worshiping, when we're having our quiet time, when, we, when we're lying on our face or our back before the Lord and letting him speak to our heart. Show me, Lord, where is there an idol, pain or sorrow in my heart that I don't know about? Because Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is above all things deceitful. So, when you see that word hurtful, an example of what it means is, and it will be in the day when the Lord gives you rest from your pain and turmoil and harsh service in which you have been enslaved. So that same word that the Holy Spirit's telling us, King David says, search me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me. That's the same word in Isaiah 14.3. And it will be in the day when the Lord gives you rest from your pain and turmoil and harsh service in which you have been enslaved. So obedience isn't just for freedom. I believe it's for maturing. I believe it's for gaining authority in areas. But this specific part is, is where I'm talking about freedom. Because what does it look like? to go through a journey with the Lord as a whole being who's loved and much loved by the Father, who is perfect in the eyes of the Father. He's placed us in Christ so we can come boldly before the throne. We're seated in heavenly places. We can gaze upon the eyes of the Lord anytime. We should all the time. 
the Lord just continuously in this season been speaking to my heart about how his gaze is towards us and he just desires us to meet his gaze. We don't have to take our eyes off of God. This picture in Hosea where they turn their back, they quit acknowledging the Lord. They quit looking to the Lord as their source and as their savior. And the the way that we come back to the Lord is not to stop sinning. It's not to fix ourselves up. It's not to get better. The way that we come back to the Lord is to fix our eyes and turn to the Lord. If you turn to the Lord, you stop sinning. If you stop sinning, you're not turning to the Lord. So as we come to the Lord and we get cloaked in his righteousness and his purity and his holiness, we become who God created us to be, the sons that the whole earth is waiting to be revealed. And that's in our spirits. They're sealed in heavenly places. But what does it look like? I'm 41. People know me. I was wild. I was crazy. I was rambunctious. Even when I wanted to serve the Lord, I had so much bondage and brokenness. And that's where the obedience to the things the Lord puts his finger on are important. Because you're like a little ball of yarn. And only the Holy Spirit knows which thread to unravel at which time. Just understand this, beloved. You are beloved. As a grand book says, you are his beloved. He loves you as you are and not as you should be. To quote one of my favorites, Brendan Manning, you are perfect in God's sight because he's clothed you in Jesus' righteousness. As long as you've turned to the Lord, who is the Savior, and you've acknowledged your need for him, and you, you came, at that point, your sins are removed. You know, As far as the East is from the West, the Lord Jesus died for the sins of the earth, every person's sins. So the only thing keeping us from pure, you know, wholeness and salvation and sozo is not that God has to do something. He's already done it, Andrew Womack. He's already done it. It's us simply turning to the Lord and acknowledging that gift and, and receiving it and accepting it. Now the process of sanctification. It's not making you any more righteous or better for the Lord what it's doing is working on your physical body to come into alignment with where your spirit already is. Um, and of course, we're learning, we're growing for ruling and reigning with eternity with Christ. So I can look back on my years and years and see the, the times I leveled up, the times I had healing and deliverance and growth was the times that I was sensitive and responding to the Holy Spirit. And it can be done in a conference, in a worship, in church. It can be done in these big gaps. But it can be done simply by spending that time with the Lord and, and giving him that place to search your heart and show you where you have an idol, a pain, a sorrow. And, and now you respond. So the Lord may ask you to forgive someone. You know, next time you come and have your Bible study, you have a quiet time, just ask the Lord. Read Psalm 139. Read the whole thing. And when you get to the end and you, and you say, Lord... Search me and and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, O oh God, and see if there be any hurtful way in me. And, and then be quiet. Take a pause. Listen. See what comes to your mind. And when the Lord puts his finger on something, anything, you know, forgive someone, you know, someone else needs to forgive you, you need to release hurt because you, you know, someone, trauma that happened, whatever. It, it could be anything. But the reason that there's such a powerful thing that happens is when you come into agreement and respond with that specific thing that the Lord is putting on your heart or telling you to do, 
that obedience, again, you're going to either level up with freedom, you're going to level up with authority, you're going to level up with intimacy with the Lord. And all of us, all of us have a lifetime of a journey with God. It's not about the destination. The destination is set. We're sealed. We're seated. We're, we can come up in the heavenly places anytime we want. Jesus said, come up, come up here, beloved. So this journey of sanctification and growing in intimacy and growing in maturity and growing in freedom, it, it can only be done with the Holy Spirit. And he's our comforter. He's our healer. He's our provider. You know, the Lord is faithful. So as I, you know, growed and growed, as I growed up, I learned to quicker and quicker respond to what the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart. And, you know, those were areas. And this is coming full circle to, for me, laying down alcohol. When I have obeyed and stayed with it, I, I had just a just a supernatural quickening with the Lord, quickening with the Holy Spirit. Um, I was just in a much better place with my uh, family, able to be more present in the moment, um, more intimate with my wife, and the Lord, just more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and this isn't to put anything on anybody else. I know people that can enjoy their time with the Lord, you know, and they can get tipsy and write books and journal and write music. I think for me, because it's something I'm, I've always just heard the Holy Spirit. I've always sensed things and something inside of me, especially when there was all this bondage and lies, I would try to hide it. I would try to fill, you know, constantly had podcasts on music on TV on had to have, you know, I remember when I was a young, young adult, um, I remember my early twenties, I, you know, I moved out early in my house back then I had so much bondage and I, I didn't want to be home alone with these beautiful apartments and, uh, you know, real high end living with a, a roommate. And we, we had a very nice place up in new Tampa. And, you know, if he was gone and I, I didn't want to just be home alone, be in my room, I would literally, I'd go home to my parents' house and loots and do laundry or watch TV. I just, I didn't want to be alone. Um, and it was this constant having to have something playing 24 seven and now I'm like, wow, I enjoy, you know, I've slowly gotten rid of some of the podcasts and politics and I'll listen to some Jerogan, but everything's done more in, uh, in, I'm, I was going to say in Dutch, met mate, and uh, just done with, uh, with less obsession or having to do it all the time. It's, it's done, you know, here and there when I'm doing yard work, but I'm enjoying driving in the road without anything in my ears, without music on, you know, talking to God, thinking, praying for my city. I'm enjoying walking the dog and walking around the neighborhood without anything in my ears. And that's something that I couldn't do before when I was with so much anxiety, fear, bondage, depression. And uh, over years and years of growth and maturing, you know, I'm finding those seasons of some of that stuff wants to come back. And, you know, like I said, the last few months, I've been watching a lot more TV again, and it's a subconscious thing. You can't quite put your finger on what it is. Um, but I know that the Lord will show you. He will tell you. He will, he will tell you what this certain thing is. Because nothing was different before I got baptized to after, except that when I got baptized, and definitely the Holy Spirit was all over me, it stirred something up and I could tell. And I think it was just this 
new thing. I'm coming into these new places and the Lord's, you know, really drawing me to some new areas in, in my life. And, um, I, I knew that there were some things he wants me to, to take that time and to sit with him and, and go through the process of, of obeying him. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, so taking this time again to give up alcohol and just say, I'm done. I get it. You know, I, I do, it's fun to just kind of have a few IPAs and kind of enjoy yourself. But at the same time, for me, I don't feel my mind is clear. And that's something that I think with this new season, I'm supposed to be writing more. I need a clear mind. And so I know that this obedience of laying it down, I know right away because when I quit drinking last year, it was immediate, you know, the growth with Tara and, and the time we spent together was different. Um, and she can tell, you know, so that that's kind of where I'm at. This journey of our relationship with God, it was never meant to be an up and down um, cycle. And learning to plug the holes in the bucket, as Andrew Womack would say, to, to not have a leaky bucket Christianity anymore. Um, that's something that's new to me. It's something that, you know, being a missionary kid, a pastor's kid, a missionary myself, I always lived this highs and lows, leaky bucket mentality. And honestly, going through the Jesus Lab really helped plug up some of those holes. And even now, where I felt like I was a little out of water, fish out of water for a few months, I wasn't completely going, you know, giving in to that anxiety, fear, depression, um, giving in to the lies of the enemy. I was, I was a little bit kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of, what's going on, God? I'm kind of pulling away. But I wasn't um, giving in like I used to, where it would cripple me, and, you know, cripple my life at times. And, um, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that Jesus is the author and finisher of our salvation. I'm grateful that he is so faithful um, to just give us time that God's outside of time. So when we turn our face back towards this gaze with these piercing eyes filled with love and compassion, they never left us. They were there the whole time. And that's my word for anybody listening to this today. I just want you to know that if you're a believer, you know God is calling you to new heights and new depths in him. You haven't arrived, you know, you could be a Christian for 80 years, 50 years, 40 years. There's new heights and new depths in his heart. There's new places he wants to take you. And he's putting things in the atmosphere, in the spiritual realm. He's putting things on your heart that you know you're to respond to. It could be, again, something as simple as um, inviting a family member you've had a rift with over for dinner or, you know, being the first one to forgive or let go. And that's that's really where where I'm going with this is if you're not a believer I dare you to ask God to reveal himself to you I've done it and he's so faithful he he wants nothing more than to know you and to be known by you it, it, you know it doesn't say that we're to go out and create all these ministries and do all these great things it literally says the greatest is to know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Those, those things sum up all of the law. And that's something that I've, you know, I've had to grow in and learn, and nowhere near where I want to be. 
but I'm right where I need to be. Just growing, learning to have intimate relationships with my family, with people from church, with my neighbors. It's something that wasn't natural for me. Um, you know, the, the world can be a harsh place and trauma can harden our hearts to be open to love and receive love and give love. And God just wants us to grow in him. And I do, I believe there's a lot of people right now that it's their time to level up. And the way you level up is with your response to the Lord and your obedience. So thank you for letting me share about this journey. I'm, uh, I'm working on a message for, for uh, to share in a church uh, all about obedience. And there's a lot more to it than, than this. But those three areas are areas I felt right now that he was highlighting for my life was just the obedience that, that takes us into freedom, that takes us into intimacy, and that grows us in authority. So that's something I would love for us all to grow in. <laughs> I think, um, you know, there's no such thing as clergy and laity. This idea that um, some are called and uh, some are not, it's not biblical. Um, I think it was my dad. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse when you like to listen to lots of teachers and lots of pastors and, and you know, and, and teaching and books and stuff. But I think, I think it was my dad recently that was teaching on the ministry of reconciliation. And that's something that we're all called. We're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. And Jesus came to redeem, restore, and reconcile us back to the Father. And he gave us that ministry for the world. And we are to go and reconcile the non-believers back to the heart of the Father. And, you know, it's not us against the world. It's us for the world. And those are things that I've had to grow in because, you know, in the religious spirit and the political spirit wants to, you know, combat all the lies and the, the evil and the things that are happening. And, you know, I had to be reminded that we're not at war with flesh and blood. We're at war with the, the things in the airwaves, the demonic spirits, the rulers and, and that reign and rule in the airwaves. And, you know, some of these people are full-blown demon-possessed, you know, that are doing some of this evil stuff in the world. But um, it's not the physical person that we're at war with. We're at war with uh, with the spirits in the air and the rulers and, and the, the powers that be. And and we have the ruler of them all, the King of kings, Lord of lords. Um, Jesus Christ, when he's lifted up, he draws all men unto him. Just like the serpent was raised up and people were healed, Jesus, when he's raised up, like in, in to gather Tampa in the Pentecost with all the churches in Tampa that came, we're in unity when our eyes are on Jesus. So the Lord always gave me that verse and he, he showed me that's, you know, unity. Um, I think it was on George Wood's podcast with, with Bill Vanderbush, but, you know, he was saying that people have this idea that unity is agreement and that we all have to agree with the same thing. And I don't think the hundred churches that were at to gather, I don't think that they were uh, all in agreement on every doctrinal and theological issue. But Bill Vanderbush said that unity is when you're willing to lay down your life for another, even if you disagree with them. Unity is when you love and prefer another, even when you disagree with them. And, and that's what God's growing. He's growing a unified church where we can be elbow and elbow and link arms as we go through the city. And I, and I love, you know, what 
the resting place does and, and Caleb hires models is, is that we don't have to, you know, rethink the wheel. We don't have to do everything. There's ministries and churches and nonprofits around that. Some of them, they might be doing this ministry or that already, and we can come alongside of them. And I do thank the Lord that he's breaking this isolationist policy that churches had where they were all so incestual and all on their own and they did everything alone and they had to literally duplicate every ministry across the city. All these churches are doing the same thing. And that's old thinking and the Lord has been and been growing people in relationship. I'm seeing it all across the world, all across the states. It's not just in Tampa where churches are coming alongside of each other. Pastors are growing in relationship with each other and ministries are supporting each other and going to events and bringing people to different organizations rather than having to do it for themselves. Um, things aren't being used to raise money and raise funds. You know, churches and pastors are saying, I don't, you know, I don't care where you go to church as long as you find a community that you can walk through life with. You know, if, if you're preaching on the street and you feed someone and you lead them to the Lord, your first uh, thought shouldn't be how to get them into your church. Your first thought would be where the Lord wants to connect them. Uh, and that, that's something else I've always want, you know, been wanting to talk about on the podcast is this idea that you know, one Sunday sermon or one, one person's message is going to literally meet the needs of everybody in the room or everybody in the world. It's, it, it can be arrogant. It can be filled with pride because there are so many great resources out there. I, I mentioned Andrew Womack and, and, you know, there's website after website of free material, free YouTube. You could literally get a free college Bible college education just going to the AWMI Andrew Womack website and, and downloading all of his podcasts and, you, you know, you would grow, not podcasts, hour, two hour long teachings on every subject, four, four of them for each subject. It's crazy. And um, we've got to get to this place where we're seeking in, you know, relationship more than we're trying to convert people. We're seeking to understand more than we're seeking to be understood. And we're realizing that our, our, body and our church and our time together is about making Jesus great, praising his name and letting the body minister to each other. There's, there's people in, in every body that has resources and has words and has songs and has dances and they need to be heard. We need to honor the gifts and calls on people's lives. And, um, you kind of, if you can get out of that idea that, you know, the 30 minute sermon on Sunday is going to be all you need for the week and realize that the Holy Spirit wants to take you on a journey and you might have a season with Graham Cook and you might have a season with Bill Johnson and you might have a season with Rob Rufus and, you know, your local pastor might have a bunch of archived messages. But um, in any area that you want to grow in or, um, you know, get more information from or read a book on, the Holy Spirit will walk you through it. Uh, there's so many resources out there, ministries to support, books to buy. Um, and, you know, when I was young and much more immature. I used to think everybody had to think the same. Um, if I read a book that blessed me, Brendan Manning, The Shack from William P. Young, I would literally um, think that everybody needed to read it. And now I have all these quivers. I have all these books and teachings and Bible schools and the Holy Spirit will be like, I want you to, you know, send that Alberto and Kimberly song to this person. I want you to give that person the book, um, The Shack. And I'm obedient now to do that, but it's, it's 
it's at a response and obedience to the Lord instead of thinking every person needs to listen to Andrew Womack. Every person needs to hear this message. And, um, you know, I think that's part of some of the giftings people have, you know, when they're redemptive prophets or exhorters, they tend to want to um, have everybody, you know, get what blessed them. And that's, that's good. But um, everything is much more uh, powerful when it's a response to the Holy Spirit rather than something just done in the flesh and out of your own mind and brain. Um, the Lord is faithful and creative and wants to partner with us and co-create with us. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, of ministries and nonprofits and churches learning to um, partner with God for, for their needs. The Lord would give me these ideas when I was, you know, doing, doing things with different churches or ministries, you know, why why rely on the tithe for the office staff and the salaries when the holy spirit can literally say hey let's give that to the orphan and the and the widow why don't we have a massive church wide um garage sale or bake sale or cookie sale and we're going to use that to provide for the needs of the church for a year i love how the joy fm does those calls and telecalls because they're literally providing for the whole year's budget with the fundraiser from their listeners. And, you know, that's something that churches can do. Nonprofits can do. The Holy Spirit isn't going to be a formula. He doesn't like to be put on the shelf where he's not needed. He wants to partner with you. And so ask him, how do you want to, how do you want to fund my ministry this year? How do you want to fund my church staff? How do you want to fund this program? The, you know, the chosen was all funded through the app and through self, you know, personal crowdsourcing and uh, we, we live in a time where we have more opportunity for information and resources than ever before in all of history but you know who's the best resource the holy spirit um and, you know the heavenly man look him up amazing minister from china that had miracle after miracle happen in his life the way somebody just brought him a bible that the lord told him to the way he was in prison and the holy spirit got him reminded him of the whole bible because he didn't have one um you know andrew womack has stories where he would just pray in tongues and the holy spirit would show him things and teach him things and uh that's something that we often don't put our value and our weight in is 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 the lord because we live in the west we have access to good doctors we have access to all the books and resources and the formulas and the aisles and the tithe and, you know, the, the systems and, you know, none of them are bad, but it doesn't mean they're God's best. Sometimes he wants to take you. And, you know, I'm grateful for growing up in YWAM Youth of the Mission and not only seeing people grow in their maturity process with the Lord and their giftings and callings, learning how to live by faith and, and get their funds, reading the books from from the, the missionaries and it just the excitement, the true stories from men and women that I met and hung out with and sat in their laps as a kid and listened to their stories. Um, they'll, they'll inspire you that, that God is bigger than, than your formula, than your, than your tithe, than your, you know, than your church systems. Um, because what happens when COVID happens? What happens when the world blows up? What happens when, the tithe of your of your audience or your congregation dries up. You know, the Lord can still provide. He's still the, you know, he has a cattle on a thousand hills. 
creative creative ways if we allow the lord room to work and we give him room to speak and be a part of the solution to our problems a part of our ministries and our organizations then he's gonna do it he's gonna come through um i dare you i dare you to think outside the box and and ask the lord you know how he wants to do certain things and and see the creative answers i mean there's, I remember this one story that really blessed me because, you know, YWAM is very faith-based missions and you rely on family and friends and, and sponsors to help you and, and provide for you. The Lord's providing through people. But what about business for ministry? What about this Dutch cheesemaker that moved to China and basically took over a village and they started making Dutch cheese in China and the village was saved. They were all believers. So you have a working village. So you're not only bringing Jesus, you're not bringing Christ, you're bringing a job, you're bringing income, you're bringing a community. And now you live, you know, it, we live and move and have our being in him. Well, how cool is that if he's saying, here, now we have a way to fund your village, we have a way to fund your your families, and we can do ministry as a business and those ideas are great and it's one of those things that you know i'm waking up to some of these ideas and desires that he placed in me years and years ago because i became numb i just became a typical what i thought of as a typical american just come work come home you know sleep and at least when i was traveling even though i had areas of brokenness and bondage and hurt i enjoyed partnering with God. I always had faith for the big stuff. I had so many supernatural stories with my visas and with um, getting the funds I needed for things just over and over again, God provided. And that was a great time. And, you know, you get a married, you get a family, you start to, you know, re think you're relying on your yourself and you're providing for your family. And how funny that is when you're in sales and you, you have commissions and it's like, yeah, I need the Lord. I need his help every step of the way because, um, you know, we we were very slow at the beginning of the year and my checks were a fraction of what they were at the beginning of last year. And the Lord just, you know, he provides. And I, I have a really good connection and had a really good month last month and this month already. And it's the first, it's the first of the month. And I'm, I'm already set up for my whole month. And that that's only God. You know, that's God that did that. There's no way that that would have happened without the Holy Spirit, without God um, helping me be sensitive and and do my job with excellence. And, um, you know, my job was always my focus and was always my priority up until, you know, this Jesus lab. It's, it's like last fall, I realized the job is a provision from the Lord for my family, but he's not telling me to stop writing these books inside of me. He's not telling me to stop with this, podcast that I felt led to do for a while now and it's growing it's it's not going to be the same um next year as it is today I'm learning I'm learning editing and producing and I'm learning um the you know the logistics of a podcast and a website in fact I was writing these blogs and writing things that I enjoyed doing and I was responding to the Lord I was putting them out there and I lost about 10 of them learning the website and that really put me off i again i stepped back i avoided i don't think i've written much original material in in the in the website at all this you know season this last season because 
it bothered me that I lost all of it. So I do, I've got to think I, I, I should have been copying and pasting all of my writings into a word document. Maybe I should write them in a word document and then put them in the website and then they're saved. I mean, GoDaddy is uh, it's not as easy as it seems when you, uh, yeah, I made mistakes. I was trying to do two different blogs and I thought that if you delete one, it didn't affect the other one, had no idea they were connected. So lost all my writings and, um, you know, that put a sour taste in my mouth, but I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed writing them and I'm going to keep on going. I, you know, I feel younger and healthier at 41 than I have in a long time. The children keep me young. My, um, some of the dreams and desires and passions from the past are coming back. The Lord's bringing things to mind. I spent a lot of time last fall listening to encouraging and prophetic words from 2006, 7, 8, 9, and just awesome how powerful and how similar they all were. And that, you know, learning that when God gives you a word and he gives you the same word over and over, it doesn't mean it's just going to happen. It means he wants you to partner with him and, uh, and to make it happen by, by stepping out and, and being obedient each step of the way. Um, so that's, that's something that, and speaking of practical and things that you can do if you want to go deeper and grow, um, Mark Jones is my first guest, Pastor Mark Jones. Um, he was on episode one of this podcast and he has a really good podcast that everybody should listen to. And he likes, you know, simple 15, 20, 30 minute, 40 minute simple ones where he'll do a long one. He'll put up a real teaching, but oftentimes these are nuggets where he'll put up a nugget, something practical for life and godliness. It could be biblical principles for how to, you know, be excellent at work or be excellent in this. And they're phenomenal. And I definitely recommend his podcast. I think it's live well and lead. I got to look it up. I should know this. Um, but it's so good. And, you know, I know for a fact that it will bless you. And if you're looking for something where a lot of them are shorter and they're not long and they will just give you a nugget, live long, lead well by Dr. Mark Jones and Center for Manifestations Church. Again, he was my first guest, episode one. I believe that was in March. Um, Might have been April. Dun, dun, dun. So good. How to quit quitting on your goals, correcting the male self-image, generosity, the connection to God's distribution, uprooting principalities. Some of these are 8, 9, 15 minutes. Some of them are longer. But there's a lot of daily nuggets that will bless you. And everybody has something that they enjoy. Um, but open up to something new. There's there's new things out there. If you've never listened to Andrew Womack, pick a topic. If you want to grow in healing, if you want to grow in deliverance, if you want to grow in hearing God's voice, anything. Um, I, I just His messages are so simple. I just remember them so easy. The four keys to staying full of God. You know, remember what God's done in your life. Elevate God. Make His name great. Make His name big. Make His name bigger than everything else in your life. Remember what he's done for you. Make a, make, a, make a monument to what God's done. Remember it. Bring it to remembrance. Don't forget it. Um, they're just so good principles. And like I said, you could literally get a Bible 
degree just by listening to him. He has, if you pick any topic, he'll have like four or five hours on it. And I used to drive around Nancy and Don Conwell's yard, mowing their yard, just listening to Andrew Womack, you know, 2010, 11, 12. And um, something happened and started listening to politics instead of, uh, of God and went in the world for a bit. And when I came back, um, I still had the tendency to always have to listen to stuff and fill my void with podcasts. And it, it, when I switched back from politics to putting more focus on the Lord, my whole life changed because I was too much, you know, it was just too much. It's not that any of the information was wrong. It's not that, you know, Glenn Beck is bad or Ben Shapiro, if you like, is bad, but it's like, I shouldn't be listening to that stuff all day, every day, especially the negative ones. I think Ben was real negative at it for a while. And, um, I'm called to be a peacemaker, to be a peace bringer, actually, to bring peace where I go. So I have to be living in peace. So if those things were stirring me up and causing me to not be in peace, I quit listening to them. Now I'm working on things. I'm creating content. I'm listening to positive, uplifting. My mom always says, you know, if you have nothing to say, <laughs> nice, then don't say it at all. You know, listen to that which is uplifting and edifying and only say that which is you know, for the edification of another. So these are all things I'm learning, I'm growing in. I know this was a little bit of a babble or a, um, you know, process out loud uh, for everybody, but I, I just wanted to share a little bit about my journey, about what I'm learning now, about the importance of asking the Lord to search me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me the importance of learning to obey, that no matter where you find yourself in life, there's always more, more depth in his heart, more love, more heights, more depths. There's more places. The sanctification is endless. It's I call it circling upward, cycling up. We start out low and we have these big circles and we just keep getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, as we rise and grow and mature, they're, they're closer to the Lord's heart. Um, but yeah, think about it. If we can do the same things that Christ did, if we can hear his voice, if we can grow in all these different areas, think about what what's stopping us, right? I've, I've dealt with some things. I've grown in some things, and I know he did it for me, so why not trust that he can use me to do it in others if they're struggling with those same areas of brokenness or same same demonic oppression? And And that's really what it's all about. It's about growing and maturing in God's love so we can, you know, be his conduit to release heaven on the earth. And we can be his hands and his voice and his, you know, comfort. And, you know, there was times that sometimes it's not about, um, you know, raising someone from the dead or seeing them healed. Sometimes you can just be God's comforting hands and voice. I remember being at an orphanage in Poland and um, being with the children that were mentally handicapped or, you know, were abandoned. And basically all we could do is hold them and sing over them and give them comfort and pray the Lord's love over them. And uh, it wasn't my job to make them perfect or heal them or pray. You know, I wasn't in that place, but I let the Lord's love flow through me. And my team did that, and we were able to share God's heart. And, you know, everything I call it training, 
you know, maybe there's someone that's mature enough and they're casting out demons and raising people from the dead and they're healing people. But he's not telling us not to pray for people. It's training. Everything we do in life is training. We're growing. We're maturing. Something has to shift in our thinking that we we stop thinking of it as this um, arrived moment. I'm saved or this is how it's going to be. You're called to grow and go deeper in his love and learn to be more sensitive to his voice and learn to respond more quickly and to obey what he's telling you to do. And, you know, that intimacy, that level where you can discern my sheep, hear my voice, and they know, they know what the Father's saying. Jesus did only what he heard the Father say and see what he, see what he was doing. And those are all areas that I can grow in, that I'm growing in. But where I'm at right now, I'm supposed to be providing for my family. I'm supposed to be loving my children, loving my wife. I'm supposed to be learning to continuously let God keep me infilled, love me, and, and love him back with the love he gives me, love the world back. It's really hard to love the world when you don't fill up with God's love. It's really hard to love your wife when you're not filling up with God's love for yourself. And anybody who knows me, they can see change and growth and I'm different than I was, but I'm still on my way. You know, I can still have a bad day or get short or, you know, I think right now this season is, is learning to transition from that fish out of water to that place of security constantly, just just being in the river forever and always that you don't have to get out. You're not going to be a fish out of water if you're in the river, right? You're not, you're not going to feel like you're uncomfortable in your own skin when you're in a weightless environment floating in the glory and the love of God. Um, so I would just encourage you, if you listen to this all the way through, please... Um, like me, follow me on all your platforms. We're on Apple, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Rumble. Um, definitely share this if it blessed you on your on Facebook, on social media. My goal is to create a channel and a platform where I can have guests, men and women, and and my daughter Zoe wants to be the first kid on to share their story, to share their testimony, to share God's heart, to share what he's done in their life, to share what he's doing now, to share about their ministry. And, you know, thank God I was blessed to grow up on the missions field and to travel and to meet so many wonderful people along the way. And I do, I want to give them that, that place to share. And, you know, things like this, they don't grow without um, the algorithms. And when people like and share and comment, it helps the algorithm um, I try to share when I hear my friend's podcast, when I hear George's, George Wood from Sober Truth, go and like it. I'll put a couple of these in my uh, on the website, seekeroftruth.co. You'll see uh, a page for today's, um, today's episode. And on that, I'll have links to Mark Jones's podcast again and George Wood's podcast. And I'll put a link to Andrew Womack's ministry. And just, um, you know, it's a place for you to go and, and when you see, listen to an episode, you can go to the website seekeroftruth.co. You can find the page of the episode from the episode you're listening to and you can learn more about the guest. You can go to their websites. You can donate to their ministry. You can ask questions, email them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just on my way. I'm a, I'm a journey. My name means seeker of truth. 
Uh, I, I've always known that your name does not mean doubting Thomas. You are a seeker of truth. He, he didn't doubt. He just wanted that experiential knowledge, that intimate knowledge of Jesus. The, what is more intimate than touching the wounds of the Savior? You know, and um, that's me. I've always sought truth. I've craved truth. I pursued truth. Uh, right and wrong was important. I used to use truth as a weapon, and I've had to grow and learn to use truth in love, to use the prophetic gifting in love. I was often using it as a defense weapon um, because of the brokenness inside of me. And and I would see things and say things that were not um, in love and edifying and upbuilding to those that heard them. And I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. I'm excited. Um, there's somebody that I'm close with that's a, a family member that the Holy Spirit told me to call this week, and she knows who she is. And um, I called her, and you know the Lord told me some things to do, and I was obedient. Again, this is the whole process I'm in, learning to be obedient and respond and go from glory to glory, go through that sanctification process. And um, this woman of God has had such a life and a journey and done so much. And she said she'd think about coming on. And I really want her to come on and just talk. Like we talked for an hour about God and about our life and about journey, our journeys. And um, I think it will bless you a lot to hear her story. So I am excited and hope that one comes soon. Um, we have a couple good ones coming out next week. And uh, I do enjoy learning. So I'm learning that I'm not that good at social media. And I think I finally figured out how to put a reel up in Instagram and then make it go to Facebook so you don't have to do like five different videos and reels. Poor Caleb Hires. I think I tagged him in our episode and put out about <laughs> like 10 different videos. And, um, you know, I'm learning, like I said, uh, there is a Facebook page, Seeker of Truth, that you can find and like, please follow it, share it. There is a Instagram, seekerofTruth.co. Follow it, like it. Again, this is not to bring me glory. The only way this is going to grow and reach more people and get more guests on to share their stories is to have a larger reach. And the algorithms like to see movement. They want to see likes. They want to see comments. They want to see shares. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people in the Christian world don't realize. Uh, when I watch AGT or American Idol, if it's someone I like, the country guy, or, you know, I'll try to follow him on Instagram or follow him on Facebook, or, you know, when you have a, a minister or a ministry or a pastor and they have a webpage or they put out a book, um, go ahead and like it, comment it, share it. A lot of people nowadays, when people put up pictures, they just scroll by it, they might like it. Few people, you know, unless it's a wedding or a baby, we had a baby and then you get hundreds and hundreds of comments. But a lot of times people don't take that second to make a comment, to share it. If it's, you know, something that you believe in or something that somebody said or posted, uh, you know, a reel that's short, share it, like it, comment on it, go to these ministries. And, you know, something like mine, I have Rumble, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, and all the different ones. Um, you know, go if you have a YouTube account. And here's another reason: everybody should create a Rumble account. 
YouTube is clearly the the you know the king you know the czar the emperor and they own everything they have the they have every video they have the the rights to the streaming and they control their their creators they silence them they'll demonetize them because they said something they didn't like or didn't approve and so i have i have youtube but i also have this rumble rumbles the counter the alternative they're gonna allow christians and people to question you know medical stuff they're gonna allow people to share things that youtube won't allow them so find them um find all your favorite you know pastors and ministers and like their pages follow them i mean honestly with the algorithms it's not like you're gonna see them every five seconds like you know facebook wants you to see advertisements they want you to see people that pay so by you following ministers and pastors and seeker of truth, go to seeker of co and find all the links of all my platforms. It's not going to cause you to get an overwhelming amount of my stuff, but it will help me. It will help George Wood go to sober of truth project, go to, go to the tattooed pastor, go to his website, go to his Facebook though. You know, he's an author, get the uncovery. Um, the book is great and talks about how community is the answer to basically sin and um, and addiction. That community with Christ and believers and fellow man is the way to stay sober, the way to grow, the way to mature, the way to healing. And, um, you know, that kind of a, a book is very powerful and it can it can reach so many people and it's been blown up by God. But how many of you that listen to this know George personally and haven't followed his page, haven't followed his Instagram, haven't followed his Facebook. So go do it. It it does matter. The, uh, the likes and shares and, you know, that's the commodity. That's the money of this age with social media. And, um, I honestly just thought I'd create, you know, seeker of truth podcast and do this little thing and have a few guests on. And the Lord, rebuked me and he was literally like if you're gonna do this i want you to do it right i want you to learn you know how to make the videos how to put it out how to make it something excellent get more guests and i'm still working on it you know i'm learning i'm growing i'm picking george's brain i'm picking cole's brain i'm i'm growing in in the production of the podcast something that um i am enjoying doing like i said after work um having times when the kids go to bed and I've worked on the podcast, worked on the website, had had late guests because they couldn't do it early. And that's great. Um, I'm enjoying it. So thank you so much for listening. If anyone got through this, it's funny because my wife, she was like, she doesn't like the long stuff and the long ones. And I, I listened to Joe Rogan. I pick and choose now. I like the science guys. I like the interesting stuff or the, the bear hunters. You know, I, I like different things that just make you think. And, um, different topics, but I'll listen to three, four hours. You're doing it while you're running, while you're doing yard work, while you're, you know, you're doing it while you're driving on long road trips. The cool thing about Spotify is it's easy to just stop and pick up where you left off. You don't have to listen to them, but I enjoy long form conversation. There's not enough of it. I'm going to have more return guests and more guests on to talk about the things of God, to share things he's speaking to their heart. And if you can't listen but 15 minutes, pause it. You can pick it up later. Um, the other day, I was doing a lot of yard work, getting ready for the baby, to for people to meet the baby Saturday. And I went through three of George's podcasts that I hadn't listened to yet, and I enjoyed them. And I was getting good stuff from Bill Vanderbush and Brian Simmons. and um, So that's something that we can get better at. We can get better at 
supporting other local ministries in their social media, purchasing things from them when they are like shops. Um, as believers, we need to support each other. And then also, um, the podcast shouldn't scare you because I had one that was almost two hours. You know, Kevin Bennett, I love you to death. I'm going to tag you in this. You just surprised me. We've had some offline conversations. We've had over almost four hours worth of conversations on podcast. And he's, I thought I was having a Christian comedian on and had no idea how the depth of his theology and philosophy and knowledge and world history. And he's a brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, I can't wait to have him on again. And he's a hoot. And maybe it's just my kind of humor, but his little hidden covered jokes that you have to pay attention to get, they're hilarious. And um, I just enjoyed our conversation. So, and that's the other thing, just because you like someone, I don't listen to a lot of Joe Rogan stuff. I don't really enjoy the stuff where he just yucks it up with his comedian friends, you know, when he, when it's like he's getting drunk and high and they're just talking about nonsense. That one, I don't really enjoy that much. There's going to be ones of these that you might not like the guest or it might be boring. My, you know, Zoe t- calls everything boring now, but she wants to come on the podcast and tell the, the Jesus story, the birth, the, the nativity story. And that's great. I'm going to, I'm going to have her on soon. Um, so don't think that because you don't listen to every episode, you're not supporting it. You can still go to George. You can still follow his page. You can still like his stuff. Um, but do me a favor. If you can go and follow the seeker of truth.co on Instagram, follow the seeker of truth uh, page on my Facebook. There's a seeker of truth page and it's getting late. I'm tired of the baby. I haven't been sleeping great. I am going to end this. I know it was a little bit all over the place, but I'm in the delirium stage now, but Lord, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you so much for your provision. I thank you so much, Lord, that you desire to be the center of everything we do, that you don't want us to rely on the tithe or the formula or our job. You want us to rely on you. You have creative solutions for our problems. You have all the money in the world. And I just, I just thank you for that creative ways for money, for provision right now, Lord, for people's lives, for their households, for their ministries, for their churches. And I just bless people to hear your voice clearly as they take the time to be still and to listen to your still small voice, to show and reveal the areas of hurt or pain or sorrow that you're putting your finger on so they can respond and obey. If you're calling them to forgive, let go, release. If you're calling them to go and do something, a physical action to counteract something, Lord. And just thank you so much for your presence, for your peace. Lord, I thank you that your gaze is towards us and you're just waiting for us to meet your gaze every day, to wake up and know that we're in your presence to learn to walk through life acknowledging you and and living that, practicing the presence of God, living that presence lifestyle, that we're aware of you and we're sensitive to your, your direction as we move and live and have our being. I just thank you for all the amazing men and women you've placed in my life. I just bless everybody listening to this that your ears would be open to hear the Lord's voice clearly, that your hearts would be open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
And if you're not a believer and you find yourself listening to this, if you, if you want to email me, you want to ask questions of some of the crazy stories where I've seen God in person, live, up front and center, provide and do things and seen miracles. He is real. I dare you. I dare you to ask God to reveal himself to you. And be open. Be open to let God reveal himself to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Till next time, I'm excited. I'm excited for Monday's guest. I'm excited for what the Lord's doing all over the earth, that his glory is manifesting, his goodness and his, his, uh, his essence is coming out as we align ourselves, as we come into unity, and we don't have to agree with everything. We just have to be willing to love one another and prefer one another, despite our theologies and doctrines, that we choose relationship over being right, that we choose love over being right, and thank you that, you know, sometimes you can seem like you were in a cave for a few months and, you know, the minute you come out and look to the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord, you look to the Spirit, who is the Lord, the veils remove when you look to the Spirit, right? And you realize God's eyes never move from you. And he's locking eyes with you and speaking sweet nothings to your heart right now. That's when you know you don't have to go back in the cave. He's called us to come out of the cave and into the light, to the Son who is the Lord. Hi, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to the Seeker of Truth podcast. And also visit our website, seekeroftruth.co, for more information about all of our guests and how you can hear more from them. I pray this conversation encouraged, uplifted, and inspired you to pursue truth at a deeper level.